Morning, y'all. I'm Stephen Artery, and for Katie Kamen, and it's Monday, the 11th of July. A little trivia to kick off your Monday. On this date in 1804, Vice President Aaron Burr mortally wounded former Treasury Secretary Alexander Hamilton during a pistol duel. Hamilton died the next day. On this date in 1914, Babe Ruth made his Major League Baseball debut. And on this date in 1955, the U.S. Air Force Academy swore in its first class of cadets in its temporary quarters at Lowry Air Force Base in Colorado. Now, let's head over to the First Alert Weather Center to see what Mother Nature has in store. And good morning to you, meteorologist Joey Silvine here. As we wake up on our Monday morning, drying out a little bit. Still one or two showers can't be ruled out. Slight chance of rain this morning. Temperatures in the 70s. Lots of clouds around. We'll get a few peaks of sunshine, but certainly more clouds than we're used to as we head through this afternoon. Highs today in the low to mid 80s. Not nearly as wet as yesterday. Some scattered showers today. A few thunderstorms possible tomorrow. We start to warm things back up, get into a more typical summertime pattern. That puts us on pace for about 92 degrees by Wednesday. Later this week, we'll watch some tropical moisture. Could increase the rain chance a bit on Thursday and Friday. You're listening to Morning Y'all, your local headlines and first alert weather forecast, powered by the Low Country's news leader, Live 5 News. Now, let's get to your morning headlines. Well, tomorrow, Folly Beach City Council will be discussing making changes to an ordinance that restricts parking on Center Street. Some residents are speaking out against these restrictions and plan on attending the meeting tomorrow to speak in front of council. Molly McBride joins us live from Folly Beach. And Molly, why are some people upset by these parking restrictions and what are they hoping will come out of tomorrow's meeting? Yeah, so the current ordinance makes Center Street a timed parking area, meaning during the day there's a two-hour limit on parking, except for Folly Beach residents who are exempt from that restriction. It's this exemption that has outraged some non-residents who feel everybody in the state should have equal opportunity to park and access the beach. And it's not only Folly Beach that's under fire by some residents for parking restrictions. A petition with almost 11,000 signatures is calling for Charleston County to defund Isle of Palms, Sullivan's Island, and Folly Beach until they, quote, enter into an agreement to cease taking actions to restrict public beach access to these islands and beaches. Author of the petition, Michael Barnett, says he feels Folly Beach is taking state-owned property and using it for their exclusive use. They are attempting to steal these islands and privatize them. It doesn't matter what they say. They have a plethora of excuses that are invalid and don't make any sense at all. I reached out to Folly Beach, who says it prides itself on its accessibility and that beachgoers who plan to park longer than two hours have around 2,800 non-timed parking spaces to choose from. The meeting will be held tomorrow at 7 p.m. in person. For more information about how you can attend the meeting, visit live5news.com and click on this story. Reporting live at Folly Beach, Molly McBride, Live 5 News. All right. Thank you, Molly. Well, Governor Henry McMaster is set to join other leaders at the USS Yorktown in Mount Pleasant today. They're going to be holding a news conference this afternoon around one. We're told uh, McMaster will be joined by SC Office of Resilience Chief Officer Ben Duncan and Mount Pleasant Mayor Will Haney. Now, according to the release, the news conference will be about a major announcement regarding the USS Yorktown. 
Looking ahead to next week, former Vice President Mike Pence will be making a stop in the PD. Florence Baptist Temple and the Florence County Republican Party recently announced Pence will be speaking at the church on July 20th at 7 p.m. Our sister station reported that according to an event description on Facebook, the former Vice President will be talking about the post-Roe world. Well, the South Carolina Highway Patrol is investigating a crash out of Walterboro that left two people dead and three injured. Troopers say just before 6.30 last night, two vehicles traveling on 64 crashed into one another near Ritter Road. The driver of the Honda SUV, which was traveling east, was killed. The passenger in that car was hurt and taken to the hospital. Troopers say the driver of the Volkswagen also died and two passengers in that car were taken to the hospital. The Colleton County Coroner's Office has not released the names of the victims. Detectives with the Charleston County Sheriff's Office are investigating a shooting that left one person dead. The shooting happened early yesterday morning on Winchester Street in North Charleston. That's close to Northwoods Middle School. Deputies say they were called to the street near South Oak Ridge Circle shortly after 3 a.m. to a report of gunfire. Well, they found a car that had crashed into a ditch and an unresponsive man who had been shot. Deputies, including canine units, searched the area for potential suspects, but no arrests have been made at this time. Anyone with information is asked to call Crime Stoppers at 843-554-1111. An investigation into a case involving a missing Adams Run man continues this morning. The Charleston County Sheriff's Office says the truck of felonious green was recovered Saturday from the Edisto River. Deputies say the body of a man was found inside a truck. However, the coroner's office has not identified the body. Green was reported missing last month, and Green's uncle has said that he was attending a graduation event the night he disappeared. Officials say Green reportedly suffers from memory loss and has other health issues that require medication. No foul play is suspected at this time. Well, more than 300 cyclists rode 255 miles across the state to raise money for Alzheimer's disease. Over the course of three days, the cyclists rode from Simpsonville to Newberry to Orangeburg and finished yesterday in Mount Pleasant. More than 150 people volunteered for Ride to End Alzheimer's SC to put on the 14th year for this event. So my why is my eight-year-old grandson. I want him to live in a world where there is no Alzheimer's disease. As he ages, which we all will hopefully, I don't want him to have to worry about, am I going to lose my brain function because of a disease like Alzheimer's and dementia? That's why we need that treatment and that's why we need that cure. Ride to End Alzheimer's SC raised more than $800,000 this year for the Alzheimer's Association from cyclists, volunteers and other sponsors. Well, we have seen several deadly pedestrian accidents in the Charleston area over the past few months. Just last week, a fatal hit and run on James Island took the life of a TV show crew member filming in town. Lauren Quinlan joining us live with more on how a local nonprofit is working to prevent these types of accidents through a close call database. Charleston moves. It says a close call is when a pedestrian or a bicyclist almost gets hit or run off the road on their everyday commute. Katie Zimmerman with Charleston Moves says they plan on using the data as evidence for better infrastructure. After hearing many complaints from the community, the nonprofit reached out to the Charleston Police Department, but they couldn't do much about these incidents. Zimmerman says they decided to create a database to track these close calls and mark hotspots with heightened activity. 
This data then supports their efforts to get better infrastructure. For example, when the South Carolina Department of Transportation holds their road safety audit or review. DOT and usually a consultant and then interested um, agencies and stakeholders all go out together on an identified corridor. Um, we look at the incident data, but then we walk the corridor together and really watch what's going on and identify improvements. Charleston Moves encourages people to share their experiences on the road with them to keep their database current. They say the more details you can add, the more useful it will be. If you don't have the best internet access, you can always fill out a form at any Charleston Moves tabling event. For a link to that database, visit our website at live5news.com and click on this story. Reporting live in Charleston, Lauren Quinlan, Live 5 News. Well, Charleston County nonprofit organizations can now apply for one-time relief funding intended to provide reimbursements for funds spent on pandemic relief. Happening today, there's a workshop to help provide assistance to those nonprofits that need help filling out the application itself. Today's workshop is happening at the Opportunity Center located on Rivers Avenue. It starts at 3 p.m. The deadline to apply is in a couple of weeks, July 29th, and a link to that application is under the big red box on live5news.com. A little music trivia for you. It was on this date in 1964 that the Supremes released their first hit, Where Did Our Love Go? And it was on this date in 1970 that the Woodstock soundtrack hit number one on the U.S. album chart. It was the first triple album to reach that milestone. Celebrating birthdays this Monday, actor Susan Seaforth Hayes of Days of Our Lives turned 79. Ventriloquist Jay Johnson from the classic sitcom Soap turned 73. Actress Cella Ward is 66. Guitarist Richie Sambora of Bon Jovi turned 63. Actress Lisa Rinna is 59, wildlife expert Jeff Corwin is 55, and rapper Lil' Kim turns 48. Thanks again for joining us for Morning Y'all. For Katie Kamen and the rest of the Live 5 News staff, I'm Stephen Artery, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Morning Y'all is produced every weekday morning. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and download the Live 5 News app for your mobile device. Get the latest news and weather updates 24-7 from Live 5 News, the Low Country's news leader.